but we do want you to, to try to take the move or try to do the move of like, hey, I do want to share myself with you and, and I do want to know what I need in these moments. And, and I'm, I'm saying I'm going to try to work on that. And that's the commitment from the other partner. If you're in this together to say, hey, me too. I'm in this. Let's be a team in this and let's open up space in our relationship to talk about some of these things together. Connecting couples with the real Emhoffs. Hi, I'm Chad Emhoff. And I'm Angela Emhoff. And we're excited to bring you the last episode of our series, The Basics. Um, we have the gone basics through, of what, Angela? Oh, the basics of emotionally focused therapy. Well, sort of. Kind of. Actually, the basics of human connection. Yeah, just relationship. The basics of a, a, a secure relationship. Last week yeah. left you with the blocks, the hesitation, the reason yeah. that this stuff is really hard. But we don't want to leave you with that in this episode or in this series. We want to bring you one more episode, which is how couples can really succeed at connecting in some of the harder places. And so we're, our hope is that we're going to uh, reach couples that are in therapy with an EFT therapist yep. or couples who have gone to a Hold Me Tight workshop, which is uh, a book written by Sue Johnson about uh, seven conversations that are really important for, for couples to have. The faith-based version of that, Created for Connection, is um, a workshop that Chad and I run a lot of. He actually yeah. did his PhD dissertation on. And after that, some couples came to us and said, hey, do you guys have a podcast? Or is there, can, what more? We want to hear more We want this. more. And I think it was because we kind of throw our stories out there a lot yeah. of the time. We tell how, our, our struggles. And so we're trying to do that with this also. And so if there's any way that we can kind of like include more, or do more or be more available for you guys, we'd love to do that. But, but this is our attempt to kind of meet people where they are yeah. and, and share kind of our journey of, of connecting and how, how it's worked for us. And so this is um, the final episode in this series, the basics back to that, yep. um, where we want to kind of just give you the connect point of, of, getting to the place where you can articulate what's happening for you <clears throat> and then including your partner in it, which isn't an easy yeah. move. It's definitely a down the road in therapy move. It's at the end of the workshops usually, or, you know, further yeah. on into the workshops that we do. Um, but it's such an important one for couples to do. And we will in the future have a series that's really just on being able to have these conversations, but we didn't want to end the basics without at least pitching that this is possible and that couples do this all the time in our workshops, all the time in therapy. And it's just, it's just amazing. It's so, uh, it's, it's so great. honoring to be in the room when that happens. Absolutely. So if you guys have a conversation based on we'd love to hear about it also. Uh, if you feel free sharing that with us, we'd love to know. Um, so we're going to dive in and, and what we're going to call this is, is just a, a connecting or a bonding conversation. Um, in the, in the, Literature, some people call them hold me tight conversations. Um, we call it all kinds of things. But, but really what we're talking about is being able to be in distress, be in a moment of need, and ask for that need to be met. Which, it sounds pretty simple, but it's actually pretty tough, right? Yeah, yeah. We've got we've to be able to go, hey, and believe that the other person is going to show up for us. And the hard part, too, is that often our behavior or the message that we're actually sending is is ambiguous and it doesn't actually get the real need that we have met the real longing that we have responded to often the message that we send is completely different than what we're actually getting back and so part of this process is again us putting words this is kind of psychoeducational but also experiential because yeah. we want you guys to take these conversations and have them these connect points that we want you guys to to try yourselves and so we talk about what it looks like and give you guys some of the language around it and, and 
And we, you know, if you're new at, at adapting this language for you, you can use our language. What we would really love to see is for you to be able to articulate your own way. If you're a pursuer, how do you feel? If you're a withdrawer, how do you feel? If you're hesitant to be able to have a conversation, what does that hesitation look like? And so same thing with this conversation. We're, we're going to kind of model what it can look like to have one of these deeper conversations uh, that actually gets your partner in the space with you when you need them the most instead of sending them away. Why don't people do this? It's hard. That's why it's really <laughs> hard. Yeah. I mean, it is hard. And it's like when we're going to pitch this to you and we're going to, and, and, and my it's gonna mind, sound easy, but it, it's, it always feels like this, we should do that. And yeah. then we, me and Angela go home and it's like, why don't we do more of this? We should do more of this. We should find ways to uh, engage and, and, and kind of share with one another. Um, and yet we still miss it. And yeah. and so I want to just encourage you guys. We didn't want to leave this, the basics section, just like Angela said, without saying, Hey, this, this is what we're shooting for. Yeah. This is what we're after. Um, and so we're going to talk about it just a little bit, but the reason we don't do it is kind of the last, uh, the last episode, right? It, it, we get blocked. We yeah. believe that we're stuck in doing it this one way that we're tied to these old ways of being. And so, and there's a lot of different ways that like, as we start to attempt this, that it can actually go wrong because yeah. there's lots of different offshoots of, of old, old habits and or there's lots of different ways. Yep, yep. Or, you know, it's hard sometimes to read, even though so much of our communication is nonverbal and we're actually reading cues all the time in a heated conversation or in those moments of distress, we can misread. You know, there yeah. was a time uh, we've said in the previous episodes that Chad slow blinks. And that's my cue that, uh-oh, I'm losing him. And we were eating dinner at a restaurant one time and he slow blinked. And, and we were just having a normal conversation, felt like we were connected. And, I, and my body went, uh-oh, he's mad at me. And I was like, what happened? He's like, nothing, nothing. I just have something in my eye. And I was like, oh I my really gosh, did have something my, my, my yeah. body picked up the cue because that's the cue that my body recognizes is, is him starting to kind of go into his head and go into those intellectual kind places of go away. he talks yeah. about. And so it's funny, but, but we're really in tune with each other way more than we think we are way more than we think our partner is in tune with us. They really are. And so yeah. the hardest part is getting couples, not only to see that, but to be able to articulate it and acknowledge it and connect in some of those places. So that's what we want to do before we end this series. We want to kind of bring yeah. it to you. And so, you know, I kind of want to launch into it in, in the places that we've given examples of in the past episodes that let's say we're, we're having the cycle, right? That was episode five where we talked about the pursuer will often, you know, bring in some energy or a point in it. It, you know, might say, hey, I need you to, or you're not doing something. And deep down, I have a longing, you know, to for Chad to engage me, but the wording I'm sending is sending him away. And so he kind of slow blinks and... And we'll kind of go into his head like, uh, she doesn't sound like she's in a good mood or maybe she's being critical or did I get something wrong? And he'll start to kind of review the tape in his head and he looks disengaged when he's really not. So then I, I'm like, hey, are you even listening to me? What? Yeah, yeah, right? And so then we're in a cycle. Automatically, that, that kicks us off, right? Yeah. So then he is now kind of like, do I need to do something? I can see this energy coming over him, which then frustrates me more. Here I come in with words. You're not even listening to me. Yeah, and what so are you doing? In yeah. that moment, there's a different move that we've learned that we're getting better at doing. Yep. You know, we talked about yep. last week that, uh, or two weeks ago, actually, that you don't just download this and then immediately are able to do it. This is a process of learning the, this language, learning these terms, learning yeah. the part you play in the interaction with your partner, learning how to have these conversations. 
Chad and I, our cycle shows up all the time and yeah. we have to do these repairs. And, and it, it, I've got to tell you that having a cycle show up is not the problem. No. We need distress in relationship in order for our relationship to be strong. We need to be on opposite sides of some things in order to know that we have a depth of connection that'll take us somewhere. If we don't disagree at moments or if we don't have points of contention, we just kind of always go along. It's, it's not a very um, passionate relation, relationship. We're missing something if we don't have a yeah. little bit of if these. we're just avoiding yeah. all conflict, then we're not overcoming conflict together. Yeah. It's actually when we do a repair around a place where we've had distress, we're stronger because the next time we're in distress, our body remembers, oh, we're, we're able to overcome this. Well, and think about this. And, 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 and I want to just, I know that we're, we're kind of yeah, going forward, but, go. but think about this. Like if we're in a point of distress and we have that response happen and we learn our body, our gut, our heart finds out that, hey, I can do this. What does that leave us open to next? We can yeah. take risk. Yeah. We can take, we can start to explore the world. We can start to go do things. We can ask for other things needs to be met. I mean, if, if we don't have safety in this relationship where we can actually risk and actually fail, right. And, and still know that we're going to be caught and okay. If if we don't have that, then we don't have a way to, to go and and do new things, to be creative, to try new things. And it actually, our brains, I mean, they've, they've done brain scans on this topic that say it actually shuts you down when you don't have the permission to go play and explore and fail. And so if, if we have, have ways to like let yeah. each other kind of know, Hey, I'm distressed and, and get yeah. responded to that actually creates opportunity for us to go be better humans all around. Yeah. It reminds me of a, an author and a researcher that I really love. Brene Brown talks about, you know, in those places where we feel shame, if we're met with acceptance, we actually are mo- more, more innovative, more vulnerable, more yep. creative. We, we connect better. We just in life, we do better. We function better because we have connections in those spaces. Yeah. And so that's really what we're talking about here. And, and we have very, very good reasons why, yeah. and, and our, our bodies have taught us, our histories have taught us and our bodies remember, right, that, that, that some of these things aren't safe for good reasons. But, but if we can, if we can find ways to show up for each other, and if we can find ways to kind of like make the conversation about something other than the content or yeah. other than the moves that you made or the things that I saw you do, if I can really start to get vulnerable and... I'll say this in a, in a very easy, this is, this is the simplest way that I can tell you about relationship. If I'm vulnerable and Angela responds well, and, and I can take that response in, right? And my body can kind of go, okay, that's safe for me to be vulnerable, yeah. to, be, to struggle, and, and, and I can take it in, then our relationship will change. Yeah. That, that's, if, if you can do those things, right? If I, if I can be vulnerable about my own experience, yeah. my own pain, and let Angela in, and she responds well, mm. And my body can take it in, right? That changes what we do. You know, it's incredible what you said earlier about it's a privilege. It's an honor. It's so fun for us as clinicians to get to sit in with couples and see them do this because their relationship starts to change. And that's what they came in for, right? You you don't go to a, a workshop to work on your marriage not thinking you're going to get or hoping you're going to get something out of it. You don't go to therapy thinking we're going to stay the same. You go wanting these breakthroughs, wanting yeah. these changes. Yeah. And, and absolutely what Chad is saying, once a couple can do this, it not only is great for the person being vulnerable who lets your partner in, it's great for the partner to know, wait a minute, 
I was there for my partner. I was able to show up for them. It's it's yeah. a, it strengthens both sides of this thing. It feels Definitely. good to get it right for your yeah. partner. It feels yeah. good to to make that connection. So let's let's kind of talk about if we're in that cycle, kind of what it could look like. Kind of an example is um, instead of me coming at Chad with some of my you know words or energy, what I can say is what is happening for me. We've talked about that a couple of episodes yeah. um, already. The idea that, you know, this is kind of where it aligns up with my 12-step uh, recovery program work that I do because we, we're really huge at using I and me statements. Can I share, can I embrace my experience and can I let Chad into my experience? And so to be able to say to Chad, um, instead of you need to do this or I need to control this or this is, you know, coming in with that energy to be able to say, golly, I just... Yeah. I have this energy. I, I have this anxiety. I'm starting to feel, uh, you know, anxious. It, 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 can you give me a safe space where I can kind of process what's happening for me? Can you stick with me in this space? That's kind of asking a lot of times from him, right? If we're going to say, I need to be able to talk about what's happening for me and then an ask for my need to be met. If I'm really able to articulate right now, I feel chaotic or I feel out of control, or I feel like, even if I say, if it's an attacky, I feel like you're not listening to me. It could sound like that. What I need in that moment is just assurance that you love me or that you're still here with me or that, um, it's a safe place for me to try to process what's happening for me. Are are you on my team? Kind of is what we want to hear in that space. And so that, that is exactly what I would want to do then. Right. What, what's incredible about this and, and what, what is kind of revolutionary about this way of doing it? And maybe, you know, some, some other, maybe people do this naturally in, in some places or families or other. But for me, what was revolutionary about this is that it really does kind of change the whole game. It's like, I'm not just on my own. And not only that, but like, think about what the real dilemmas are for a pursuer or a withdrawer. A, a pursuer is kind of Fear is that they're not valued, that they're not loved, that they're going to be abandoned, um, and that, that even to ask or engage would be too much, right? And a withdrawer, a lot of times their they're kind of deepest fears are that I'm going to fail, I'm going to get this wrong, whatever I do is not going to be enough, I've tried, all the, I've tried every solution, I've done all I can, and it's still not going to work. And so if we can get this on the other side of it, if we can kind of get to yeah. the next level, and she, Angela can articulate, hey, I feel like a lot, I feel like maybe I'm overwhelmed or anxious, and, and even articulate if you were to go deeper that my fear is that I'm, I'm failing, I'm messed up. There's something wrong with me and you won't yeah. want to be here with me. You'll leave me. Um, if she could get to that level and say, and, and right now I just need to be reassured, right? When she gives me those words and I finally, finally I have something that actually can do something, right? I can actually get something right and it'll have an effect on my spouse. Yeah. Um, that's an incredible feeling, right? A withdrawer who's like all of a sudden now I get to show up yeah. and do the thing for you that, that no one has ever really done, yeah. right? We get to heal the wounds that are caused in other relationships, the stories that, that, that we've been telling ourselves for so long on our own, get, now get disavowed, get put it's, off by the person who is most important in your yeah, life. Yeah, it's a really tricky thing because, you know, both sides of this, withdrawers and pursuers both, kind of lean towards needing to be strong, needing to be okay on our own by our own strategies. And so this basically brings us to that vulnerable point where we say, I I don't, not only do I not want to be alone, I clearly cannot do this by myself. I want you in that space. And, and so it's showing your weakest position basically. And your partner says, man, you know, like you, 
now that you've kind of shown me what you're working with, you don't feel like such, I'm going to say a monster. I know that's kind of a horrible way to say it like that, but, but a lot of times we do kind of think our partner is not on our team. The enemy. The enemy. That's So in, in a cycle, it feels like we are enemies. Yeah. Yeah. And so when, whenever you have the bravery, whenever you have the courage yeah. and, 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 and I'll say for a withdrawer, you know, if I have what that would look yeah, like, perfect. Yeah. If I have, if I have a moment of, uh, distress or a moment of, of insecurity or failure or, and especially now it, it, it's, it's, it's one thing to talk about it. Like it's, Oh, I just feel insecure at work, but like insecure in the relationship is really what I'm talking about. Now both are hard. Don't get me yeah, wrong. Yeah. And, and maybe early on, even just talking about work or other places would be good, but I'm, I'm going to stay focused on this. Yeah. Uh, but if, if I feel like, Oh my gosh, I'm somehow failing. I'm not enough. I'm, I'm messed up. I've, I've got this wrong. I'm not going to be able to be the man that she needs or wants. If I can, if I can find a way to bring that forward, right? Which that the reason I say bravery is because if my worst fear is that I'm a failure, right? And I'm going to come to my wife and say, this part of me tells me I'm a failure. This, these pieces of me, they tell me I'm no good and that I'm going to fail you. And it's the very thing you're bringing to me. It's scary. That is my scary thing. I mean, that, that's why I say bravery around this is because I'm going to come forward and I'm going to trust this other human to speak into my worst fears. Yeah. And so I come forward and say, this is what I, I, I'm, I'm afraid maybe I'm don't measure up or maybe I'm not the thing. And and maybe I'm something's wrong with me. Yeah. Right. And and, and if I bring that to her, that's one thing. That's a huge step. First of all, that's not an easy move to make. But then. But for me to respond and say, hey, I love you. I see you. I'm with you. It's okay. Yeah. And, And so that, that feels good. But then also to be able to go, hey, and what I need from you yeah. is put your arms around me. Hold yeah. me. Tell me you want me. Tell me you love me. We got me. all this equipment on. Right? We, it's really hard wanna, to, it's I want to hug him. Yeah, yeah, I'm reaching over uh, to him right now. But that, that's... Because I love it. Yeah. Well, and that, that's exactly what we're trying to do. And so this is a tricky thing because not only are we asking you to begin to articulate some of these vulnerable moments, but once you can, we also want you to start to get in tune with what you think could comfort you in that space. And that's another big stretch to be able to go, wow, uh, not only am I new at being able to articulate this scary spot, now also I'm supposed to ask for what I need to be comforted there when I don't even know yet. And so that's why this process takes a lot of grace, takes a lot of safety. It takes the couple committing to go. We want to open up space to try this. It's why we really want to say that this is a therapy companion. This is to go along with, you know, the workshops that's going along with therapy because, because this can be scary to do on your own. Can couples do it? Absolutely. We see couples do it all the time and it's super exciting to see couples do it. Um, but, but sometimes it is hard and we want to let you know that you, there is help to navigate this if you need that. But to be able to yeah. say, you know, uh, for, a, for a pursuer, we often feel like I'm too much. And when you realize I'm too much, you're going to leave. So I'm going to talk about how I feel like I'm too much. And what I need you to do is stay. And a withdrawer will say, I feel like I'm not enough. And once you recognize that I'm not enough or that I'm inadequate, you're going to want to leave me. And what I need to, to know from you is that if you see parts of me that might not be enough, please don't leave me in that space. Come near Yeah, stay to with me. me in my inadequacy yeah. or stay with me in my failure. It, who is not going to fail in this life? Yeah. We're all going to do it. And I think we talked about that in the second episode. But I, I just want to say like... This, this literally is the, the moment where we ask for that need to be met. Yeah. And, and we're not expecting you guys to be able to do that right off the yeah. bat. Your connect point this week isn't to go have this perfect conversation no. that we're talking about. Your connect point this week 
is just to, to say to your, your spouse, I do want to show you all of me. Yeah. I do want you to know me and, and I do want to be able to articulate to you what, what I need. And, and sometimes we don't even know what that is. Yeah. And so we're not asking you to make this a perfect, no. um, a perfect move. And, and we know that this takes times, takes time, but, but we do want you to, to try to take the move or try to do the move of like, Hey, I do want to share myself with you. And, and I do want to know what I need in these moments. And, and I'm, I'm saying, I'm going to try to work on that. And that's the commitment from the other partner. If you're in this together to say, Hey, me too, I'm in this, let's be a team in this and let's open up space in our relationship to talk about some of these things together. That's our goal. We're the real Emhoffs. We're wrapping up our first season, our first um, series, series. that's what it is. Our first series, the basics. We are excited to bring you a lot more series coming forward. Um, and we hope to uh, hear from you. We want feedback. For sure. Um, we're excited about this and we look forward to connecting. Thank you so much. Connecting couples with the, the real, real Emhoffs. Emhoffs.